Hi, welcome to the second part of This Week in Tudor History. And today I'm going to be introducing you to a secret agent and rebel who married his master's widow and whose stepson was his undoing. I'm going to be introducing you to a man who trimmed and washed King Henry VIII's hair and beard and a highly educated Tudor woman who translated her famous grandfather's work and then a Puritan and soldier whose later life was marred by falling out over money. First, on the 18th of March, 1601, just six days before the death of Queen Elizabeth I, soldier, secret agent and rebel Sir Christopher Blunt was executed on Tower Hill for high treason following his involvement in the rebellion of his stepson, Elizabeth's former favourite, Robert Devereux, 2nd Earl of Essex. Here are some facts about this Tudor chap who came to such a sad end. Sir Christopher Blunt was born in around 1555-1556 in the reign of Queen Mary I and was the second son of Thomas Blunt of Kidderminster and his mother, Marjorie Polly, or Polly. Both his grandfather and father had served in the household of John Dudley, Duke of Northumberland, and his grandfather was the cousin of Northumberland's wife, Jane. Blunt's mother, Marjorie, was a devout Catholic and was a Catholic recusant in Elizabeth I's reign. Blunt was brought up as a Catholic, receiving education in Louvain from William Allen, who later became Cardinal William Allen. He was also educated at Oxford's Hart Hall and the English College at Douai. On his way home from Douai in late 1576, Blunt mixed with supporters of Mary, Queen of Scots, including Thomas Morgan in Paris. The English ambassador, Sir Amias Paulette, warned Blunt off them and also reported the contact to the Earl of Leicester and Elizabeth I's spymaster, Sir Francis Walsingham. Blunt had entered the service of the Duke of Northumberland's son, Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester, by 1584, serving him as his gentleman of the horse, while Leicester was the Queen's master of the horse. In 1585, Thomas Morgan, that man that Blunt had mixed with in Paris, asked Blunt to help organise a way for Mary, Queen of Scots, to secretly communicate with her supporters on the continent. Blunt responded favourably, but the man he sent to Morgan, Robert Polly, was in fact a secret agent working against Mary, a fact of which Blunt was well aware. Polly and Blunt were helping ensure that Mary's correspondence could be monitored. Also in 1585, Blunt accompanied Leicester to the Netherlands, serving him as a cavalry officer. In 1586, Blunt rescued Sir Francis Vere in the Battle of Zutphen after Vere's horse was killed. He went on to serve as lieutenant and then captain of the Lancers. Blunt didn't return to England with the Earl of Leicester, but carried on serving in the Netherlands under Lord Willoughby. In 1588, he injured his hand fighting and was knighted before returning to England in January 1589. Leicester had died in September 1588 and sometime in spring 1589, 
Blunt married Lester's widow, Latisse Knowles, granddaughter of Mary Boleyn. They knew each other well due to Blunt's service to Lester, and the marriage appears to have been a love match and a happy marriage. By April 1589, Blunt had recovered enough from his hand injury to accompany his new stepson, Robert Devereux, Earl of Essex, on an expedition to Portugal. In 1593 and 1597, Blunt served as a Knight of the Shire in Parliament for Staffordshire. In 1596, Blunt accompanied the Earl of Essex on his expedition to Cadith, serving as a colonel and campmaster, and also accompanied him to the Azores in 1597. Blunt also accompanied his stepson to Ireland after Essex was made Lord Lieutenant of Ireland. But Blunt was forced to return to England after he suffered a leg injury. Essex got into big trouble with the Queen and her council after his failure in Ireland and the fact that he left his post there without her permission. He was put under house arrest. Blunt tried to persuade Essex to flee abroad into exile, but Essex wouldn't and instead decided to rebel in what would be the failed Essex's rebellion of February 1601. Blunt supported his stepson, taking an active part in the rebellion by leading an attack on Ludgate, where he suffered head and facial injuries. Following the failure of the rebellion, Blunt was put under house arrest at the home of Richard Newsom, a tailor, before being tried for treason. His injuries meant that he had to be carried to his trial on a litter. He was found guilty at his trial at Westminster on the 5th of March 1601 and condemned to death. On the scaffold on Tower Hill on the 18th of March 1601, Blunt professed his Catholic faith before being beheaded. His remains are thought to have been buried at the Tower of London. Moving on to the 19th of March... On the 19th of March 1577, in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, Edmund Harmon, former barber of King Henry VIII, died at Burford in Oxfordshire. He'd retired there after Henry VIII's death. Harmon was buried at Tainton Church. Harmon, originally from Ipswich, had entered the King's service by 1533 and served him until the King's death in 1547. His main duty was the daily washing and trimming of the king's beard and hair, but he also served Henry VIII as keeper of the wardrobe. In 1543, Harmon was accused of heresy, but the king intervened and pardoned him. The following year, he accompanied the king on his expedition to Boulogne. Harmon is one of those depicted in Hans Holbein the Younger's painting, Henry VIII and the Barber Surgeons which was commissioned to commemorate the grant of a royal charter to the Company of Barbers and the Guild of Surgeons on their merger in 1540. Harmon was rewarded for his royal service with many grants of offices and land in counties such as Yorkshire, Middlesex, Gloucestershire and Oxfordshire, and the king bequeathed him 200 marks in his will. Harmon was married twice to Agnes Sylvester of Burford, with whom he had 16 children, although only two survived childhood, and then to a woman known only as Catherine, to whom he was married just four months before he died on the 19th of March, 1577. 
And moving on to the 20th of March. On the 20th of March, 1572, also in Elizabeth's reign, Mary Bassett, née Roper, translator and granddaughter of Sir Thomas More, died. Her education was praised by scholars such as Roger Ascombe and Nicholas Hartsfield, and she presented Queen Mary I with a copy of five books of Eusebius's ecclesiastical history, which she translated from Greek into English. Mary, born in around 1523, was the daughter of Sir Thomas More's beloved daughter, Margaret or Meg, who married William Roper. More, being a humanist, had provided an excellent education for Meg, and Meg did the same with Mary, making sure that she learnt Greek and Latin. Mary was married twice, first to Stephen Clark and then to courtier James Bassett, who served Bishop Stephen Gardner as secretary. In their two-year marriage, Mary had two sons, Philip and Charles. The staunchly Catholic Mary served Queen Mary I as a gentlewoman of the Privy Chamber. As well as her translation of Eusebius's work, Mary translated her grandfather's Latin History of the Passion, which was praised by Nicholas Harpsfield. And Harpsfield also mentioned further works that Mary had chosen to suppress out of modesty. She died on the 20th of March 1572 at around the age of 49 leaving her grandfather Sir Thomas More's gold cross to her eldest son Philip, along with a gold ruby ring that his namesake, King Philip, had given to her. Finally, we come to the 21st of March. On the 21st of March, 1555, in the reign of Queen Mary I, Kent landowner and deputy lieutenant of Kent, Sir John Lucen, spelt Leveson, was born at Horns Place in Cuxton, Kent. By the way, we know that his name was pronounced as Lucen because of letters such as one by Robert Sissel regarding Sir Richard Lucen, where he spells it L-U-S-O-N. It obviously comes from Louis or Lewis's son. Sir John Lucen was the eldest son of landowner Thomas Lucen and his wife Ursula Gresham. He was educated at Queen's College, Oxford, and then Gray's Inn in London. He was married twice, first to Margaret Manwood, whose father was a member of the Kent Gentry class. They had three daughters together who all predeceased their father. And then after Margaret's death in 1585, he married widow Christian Mildmay, with whom he had five sons and five daughters, seven of whom predeceased him. Here are a few more facts about this little-known Tudor gentleman. He was a Puritan. He traded in pearls and owned shares in the Virginia Company. He served as a Member of Parliament for Bossany in 1584 and then for Maidstone in 1597 and 1601 and then for Kent in 1604. He helped prepare the County of Kent for the predicted Spanish invasion in 1588 and served as captain in the French expedition in 1589. He was knighted in 1589. He served in Cardiff in 1596 and then the Netherlands in 1601 to 2. In 1601, Lucen helped put down the Earl of Essex's rebellion by commanding men on Ludgate Hill, 
and giving no ground to Essex and his rebels. Essex and his men were forced to withdraw. In 1601, he and his cousin Sir Richard Lucen sent 2,000 soldiers to Ireland. Lucen's final years were marred by falling out with Thomas Sackville, who claimed that Lucen's cousin Sir Richard, who died in 1605, had taken treasure from a carrack called the Saint Valentine and so demanded £40,000 for it. Sir Richard's cousin, Mary Curzon, who was married to Sackville's grandson, also produced a forged will in which she was named Sir Richard's heir, instead of Lucen's son, Richard. Lucen ended up having to pay £5,000 for the Carrick claim, and he had to settle all of his cousin's debts, although thankfully the forged will was exposed for what it was. Lucen died at Horns Place, Cuxton, on the 14th of November 1615 and was laid to rest at the local parish church there. Well, that's it for this week in Tudor history. I do hope you've enjoyed getting to know some of these Tudor people. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.